Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining the Behind Company Lines podcast. Today we have Archie, founder and CEO of Cogni. Cogni is on a mission to provide easy, transparent, accessible digital banking and lifestyle services on a single platform. Archie, I'm so excited to chat with you, not only what you're doing within the digital banking space, which I think a lot of companies are getting involved in it, but how you're kind of mirroring this, this Web3 capability and this technology. I'm so interested in how the mechanics of the wallet actually works for people that are using it, whether it's self-custody or not, or if it's held in, in Cogni, whatever kind of the mechanics are there, but also what it means to have such a seamless kind of platform, not only having traditional assets on it, but also assets like Web3 and crypto and NFTs, all the things that are starting to become more prevalent and popular, but also more usable and accessible and, and able to actually use this as actual commodity or, 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 or fiat or currency to actually opt into certain things and what that really means for users and banking and, and the whole industry in, in entirety. But before we get into all that, what were you doing before you started the company? So before this, I was working for a family office investing in tech and real estate. And I've always been interested in financial services because growing up, uh, everyone has a bank account. And, yeah. and when you're first starting off with your own financial independence, right, you're saving a little bit, but also you're using that for your lifestyle services. Yeah. And, and banks typically aren't catered for people who are just coming 21 years old, yeah. right, for yeah. their lifestyle services, wanting to experience things and, and do stuff. So yeah. I always wanted to create a financial platform that allows users to not only bank, but also support them on their financial and lifestyle space. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what this got me started. Yeah. Uh, to build and, what, and what do you mean by lifestyle? What are the things and experimenting? Like, what are the things that you were seeing within the, these financial institutions that weren't allowing you to maybe even use money in, in ways that are, are newer and nuanced? What were you seeing that just you weren't getting access to at that time? So, at that point of time, this is 2012, 2013, yeah. you had the whole concept of gig economy. Yeah. Before, before 2009, you didn't have a concept of gig economy. Everybody was just working. Yeah. So you can see a fundamental shift on lifestyle happening with people, the way you led your life and how you made money. Right. Right. This, now, gig economy is now part of your lifestyle. It's not a unique concept anymore. Everybody has a gig. They want to make more money. They want to spend more money. Yeah. So that's how Cogni was started. Why couldn't we create a platform that allows people to be creatively independent, not a one-size-fits-all solution? And if you're independent, the way you're consuming product, service, and content is through the internet. And that is centralized through ads and, and social media companies. Yeah. So yeah. I really wanted to build out a financial platform where you could bank and build out a product stack that allows users to consume product, service, and content. But what happened was in the last six years with the, the blockchain slowly becoming uh, mainstream, mm -hmm. especially in the last... Three years, we have, we have seen it's up and down, but the most fascinating thing about blockchain is decentralization. You can own your own data. You can own yeah. your own assets. It's not an intermediary party that, that, that owns those assets. So yeah. once we built a digital bank and I said, hey, there's a better opportunity if we can move our product stack from our Web 2 to yeah. Web 3 because it gives more control to the user. Yeah, and, and that's how Cogni took shape. We launched our digital banking in 2020, 2021. Yeah. And then we went into a full build mode where we started building our non-custodial wallet within a bank account. So the yeah. hardest thing with, with Web3 right now is that you have the crypto natives who are able to use Web3 servers a lot more easily. Yeah. Because they spend time 
learning about Web3. Mm-hmm. But the crypto curious and the non-native crypto users, the learning curve is too long. People don't yeah. have the time or effort or they they lack the knowledge gap to go and, and find out how to do it. So yeah. it really make it super easy for an average consumer to not only bank, but also get the benefits of decentralization yeah. on their existing application without having to break the sweat and introduce the learning curve. So that's yeah. how Cogme evolved as a platform from me trying to say, hey, let's build a lifestyle services on top of banking. Yeah. And with blockchain as a technology, now it gives us more power to empower a consumer to not only own his data, but also his assets in a much more decentralized way and having full control of how he wants to go about consuming these products, services, and content. And implementing yeah. the friction on the financial and the payments ecosystem as well. Yeah. When you say lifestyle, is that just having a better understanding of where your money is being spent, where you're earning your money and just identifying more so of those kind of inputs, outputs versus, I mean, I was just looking at my traditional bank account last night and it was impossible to understand where I'm purchasing stuff, things are miscategorized. And so it's really hard to get a clear view. And I, I can assume, especially as a gig worker, having the different points of, of, of transaction being that much more complicated. And, and rather than creating that bucket of understanding of information, what do you mean by lifestyle? You have an understanding what do you do with that understanding that that's different from previous kind of applications, models, banking providers, what have you? What, what's different? Where does lifestyle so, come from? So lifestyle is basically how you lead your life, right? Yeah. I'm just giving a 30,000 foot statement of what lifestyle is. But yeah. going back to your statement, Julian, that categorization is super, super important. Yeah, right? yeah. Understanding where your assets are and how you're spending your assets are equally important. There are a few things that we've done on the Web2 side, which is very interesting because Cogni can track carbon emissions on every single transaction. Yeah, yeah. If you're a carbon-conscious person, that is super important. The second thing that we released about, actually, one of the latest releases that we had about a week ago was asset consolidation. Mm-hmm. So you could have your money, but it can also have your dollars and your dollars and also your digital assets mm-hmm. on one single screen showing you what percentage of allocations that you have. How much is in yeah. cash? How much is in your alternate assets? Yeah. And, and what are those value for those assets? And it dynamically moves up and down because your crypto assets are, 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 are quite fluctuating because of the crypto prices, but your cash remains constant. But for you to see in one, in, in one screen, yeah. bridging the Web2 and Web3 application was a, was, a, was a phenomenal product release for us. We're getting a lot of really good feedback from that yeah. as well. So that's one component about trying to consolidate a view of your dollars and your digital assets in one place. But let's go beyond that, right? What lifestyle is. So as a millennial or Gen Z, you are consuming products, service, and content. And if you look at the whole ecosystem of influencers, first you had the, the, the television, mm-hmm. right? right. Uh, in television, the product, service, and content were distributed through an A-list celebrity. Yeah. You have to be somebody very big in the tinsel world to distribute products. And then yeah. came the internet. And then with the internet and social media, you had influencers. So you don't have to be that big. You could be a guy yeah. with a million followers and you can distribute product, service, and content. And I think within the Web3 world, Julian, I think you could be an influencer yourself without having to have a million followers. Sure, right. right? And you've seen that transition already happen. If I told you 30 years ago that if you have a million people following you, you can be as, you can, you can make as much good money as, as somebody in the, in the Hollywood space. It'd be yeah. quite hard to 
the decentralized through the decentralization we think that you are consuming product service and content you have an yeah. you, you you spend money on that now if you can own the data and 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 rewrite the distribution of product service and content through the web3 space it can provide a lot better opportunity on yeah. how you're consuming your lifestyle focused products and services and for the brands to also specifically work with you so they don't have to go to an intermediary third party who disseminates that information and then yeah. provides you with offers or external yeah yeah and you're thinking about the ways that people are able to make income especially like in that example for, for sure as an influencer finfluencers a lot of them are talking about if you're somebody who focuses on financial content where are they congregating now as as you're seeing there's a few different companies that are say closing their closets to actually impact those influencers or pay them for the activity that they generate for applications meta came out with something and some other applications as well where are those influencers or congregate or what do you see in terms of these pool of people and, and how they've been able to kind of manage and adapt and, and where are they kind of congregating now or, or how dispersed is that kind of whole process in, in terms of where they meet users, how they gain income as things are moving in, in this direction where companies are no longer kind of incentivizing them, but they're trying to find unique ways to partner with brands and things like that. Love to hear your response there. Currently, most influencers and content creators are congregating on traditional social media platforms. Sure, sure. Yeah. Right. yeah. Web3, the whole thing with Web3, there's a lot of issues. There's, I mean, I wouldn't say issues. There's a lot of challenges that need to be solved on the Web3 yeah. to go mainstream. One is basically usability and yeah. decentralized application built on top of protocols. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So once that starts happening and people start seeing that, that payment system becoming a lot more smoother, so you can stream to a, say, you're reading a newspaper. You don't want to read the whole newspaper, but just an article and you just want to pay for it. Web3 mm-hmm. makes it really possible for you yeah. to do it. So what happens is yeah. when content creators have a much more, let, let's say, for example, right, content creators on, on Instagram and you say you get kicked out and and, and, and you lose all your Instagram followers or your yeah. YouTube followers, right? And you can't take them to one platform and to another platform. Right. So something holds the keys to it. But in a decentralized world, your users and your followers are your followers. Yeah. yeah. Right? It gives you a lot more creative control about it. Yeah, yeah. So this makes it very easy. And also now the challenges of paying paying for what people are listening to then an intermediate third party controlling that flow of payments, the, the friction is reduced on a, on a, on a Web3 yeah. uh, service for blockchain. So the, the potential on, on, on expanding on how we do things is can fundamentally change with, with the blockchain and, and, and AI. Mm-hmm. And we are very excited about what's to come. But right now we are building the infrastructure to support such a possibility. Yeah. So it's just dumbing it down really right now. You get a bank account, you get a non-custodial wallet attached to your bank account. Yeah. You can move your Web2 identity to the Web3 world. You can have a marketplace. You can interoperate between your banking and your Web3 space in a lot more smoother fashion. And we yeah. want to make it really, really super smooth and super easy for an average consumer to use it. And yeah. as technology and these other decentralized applications become a little bit more mainstream, we want to slowly bring them on that allows them to access the wide range of services yeah. from a single sign-on banking platform. Yeah. But so you mentioned something around tracking emissions and things like, and seeing your kind of overall sustainability impact. And obviously I know you're talking about the bare mechanics and setting up the infrastructure, but I, I, it seems like you're kind of ahead of your time in terms of figuring out ways to incentivize people and reward them based on social impact, and also giving them the insights there. 
Obviously, we've seen some legislature passing that reinforces people to think more socially conscious. At least that's what people kind of, kind of see it as a vehicle to do so. But how much more do you think the gaining just not only, I guess, I guess importance of understanding your emissions and, and what you're purchasing and how that impacts you, how much do you see that actually gaining in popularity? Or is right now, is it just a trend that people are kind of following? Maybe it's nice to have. Do you see any validity in actually people making buying purchases in companies that have more sustainability fo focused, say, procedures, processes or values? H how much of that is, do you think is a fad? How much of that do you think is actually going to gain traction and influence and impact people's purchasing decisions? See, Cogni is always on a mission is to provide as much information to the consumer yeah. as clearly as possible. Yeah. And what they do with that information is their own prerogative to do it. Sure. Right. So from a cognitive standpoint, say if you're going and if you have a if you're curious about, hey, if you're making a transaction for a coffee and you want to see what that carbon emission for that yeah. coffee is, or if you're using Lyft or Uber, you want to see which is which has a better carbon emission on a transaction yeah. level, it gives you information. But how yeah. you choose to act upon that information is your own discretion, right? Yeah. And, and we push people that way one way or another. Our job yeah. as a platform is to provide them with best information that they can make better choices. The yeah. same with financial services, right? You want to make sure that your asset classes are displayed a lot more easily on, on, on across on, on one single screen and so you can make better informed decisions. And that's exactly what we want to do. Yeah. You're shifting gears here, thinking about Cogni and, and what you are offering for your users and your customer base. What's particularly in, exciting about how you've structured Cogni to be a non-custodial wallet? And what are some pros and cons that people might not be aware of that that allows you to do in terms of maybe flexibility, speed of transaction, but also, you know, managing and holding your assets without relying on, say, a third party? Describe the, the, some, some benefits that being a non-custodial wallet, but also maybe even some, some cons that people might have to be aware of and and how to manage that piece of technology so that being that it, it's completely different, it's decentralized and, and has your ownership. Describe some pros and cons there. Sure. When we wanted to go into the non-custodial route, we thought hard and clear, should we do custody and non-custody? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Blockchain is all about you owning your own assets and it's being yeah. very decentralized and, and less centralized intermediary coming and disrupting the flow. And yeah. you've seen last year that so many centralized platforms collapsed from FTX to Celsius to Voyager. People lost crypto, they lost NFTs. And obviously mm -hmm. for, for easy reasons, because they made that learning curve a lot more easier that you can actually hold your assets. And it's somebody, somebody holds it on your behalf and you're expected to get it back yeah. when you need it. Unfortunately, it didn't go that way. Yeah. It went the other way, right? People chose a centralized route because it's easy. And if we could bring that decentralization that an average consumer can consume and, and own and, and easy to use, we see a much larger application because the core concept of you owning your own assets is always, it's, it's great, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, you're concerned about your security. You just want to pass the honors of, this, of, of <laughs> security to somebody else so that you can go back and, and, and ask yeah. them, hey, what happened? But in this instance, you can't. You lost it. Yeah. yeah. Right? So Cogni allows for the users to own those decentralized, allows the users to own those digital assets through a non-custodial wallet within their own application. Yeah, and yeah. You can have your seed phrase that, that, that allows you to get your wallet and you can also move that non-custodial wallet to somewhere else. So in case, say, Cogni goes bust, you would still have your assets. Yeah. Your assets don't go bust. So it yeah. allows for you to 
have a complete control of your own digital assets, but we've also made it to be a lot more easily interoperable within your banking application yeah. and your digital assets. And since what's happened in 2022 with all the centralized applications going down, I think decentralization is a way to go. Yeah. And when you think about the adoption of Web3 and these technologies, what are some of the, the challenges you see just creating services in a country like the U.S., for instance, who has a lot of regulations, a lot of compliance, we have a lot of structure around it, wants to manage it, but also you see kind of company, countries like Colombia, for instance, adopting a whole wallet for, I think it was Colombia, if I remember correctly. Is it Colombia? There's, there's one country in particular in South America that essentially adopted a whole wallet, accepted Bitcoin as not only a, a national currency, but also an ability to pay taxes and things like that. Obviously, there's, there's pros and cons to that, but in terms of making the adjustments and adapting, what's been challenging about building in at least the U.S. and, and all the regulations and compliance that come up? And how do you stay ahead of that so that you can continue to grow and scale without having it directly impact, say, the usability of whatever you're doing in your business? What are some challenges that people may not be aware of as you're building in this space? Yeah, I mean, reg regulatory issues are the major component, especially here in the United States, right? People are, yeah. the regulators are still trying to figure out what regulations to implement, what laws to pass, what cryptocurrency laws to pass. Europe recently launched MICA, which is a digital assets yeah. compliance piece. So we'll have to get our act together here in the United States. But yeah. until that happens, which is which is which is taking its own course, we wanted to be as a platform. Our our consumers get an FDIC insured banking platform. So the the US dollars that they hold within Cogni are FDIC insured. The digital yeah. assets not FDIC insured. So that disclosure is always very important. Yeah. So when you own your own assets, you're responsible for your own assets, yeah. not Cogni. So you have full control of it. And we still want to keep that decentralization going. We do not want to hold custody of your NFTs or, or crypto assets. And, and, and this currently, the regulations allows for us to do so. As yeah. for us, what crypto and you could potentially get through a Cogni exchange that we're currently trying to build that that we have to look at it from a case-by-case -case basis and what crypto assets that they can they can, sure. they can do but sure. at this current point of time we are really focused on crypto curious users and non-native crypto users and some crypto users as well but we're really focused on the usability and interoperability right. with those two channels that you can hold your bank account at the same time you can also hold your nfts and your yeah. digital assets on one easy single application as yeah. the regulations become a lot more clear, we would be able to supercharge uh, in building other services on top. Yeah, yeah. And, and just to shift gears here and give the audience a little bit more context, describe to us what's been exciting about the traction you've seen up to this point. Obviously, you did a lot of work to build kind of the infrastructure, the layer, but now you're getting a lot of customers, a lot of adoption. How many customers are you currently working with? And what's particularly exciting about the next phase? I obviously talked about the interoperability of of, of Web3 technology and how the wallet works, but what else is kind of on the horizon? Where the attraction is up to now, and then what do you have predicted for the future? Yeah, so for us on the on the Web3 side, we've been slowly onboarding users because it's a new it's a new wallet within a banking application. It has to work yeah. a lot more smoothly. So we've been tinkering around on the usability side, and we've been slowly onboarding users and and, and trialing out how they're using it. We haven't put a lot of dollars into marketing on customer acquisition, but we've been getting organic growth every single day, which is which is good to know, and we are learning from them a lot. Because yeah. the hardest thing to do is simplicity and, and making it simple for a consumer to use. So this allows yeah. us to learn very quickly and iterate on the designs between the Web3 and the Web2 side as well. So that's yeah. where we've been fully focused. 
on 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 how we build this platform out and how we scale. So these early adopters have been super useful for us in providing that that knowledge on how we can do from an application standpoint. So that's been super super helpful, and and we're looking forward to seeing this adoption slowly start scaling and as some of the decentralized applications that we are looking to onboard in the next few months to see how many users are going to have not only a yeah. bank account but use your digital assets to try out some of those decentralized applications. So that's where yeah. the biggest question mark is going to come from, right? Have we yeah. done a good job? Have we made it super simple for people to interoperate? So that's yeah. that, that answer is yet to be given. Yeah. I mean, you think about whether it's external or internal, what do you view as some of the biggest risks that Cogni faces today? The biggest risk which keeps me awake at night is reducing the learning curve yeah. of a consumer. So if the users don't understand, if the user's not learning, then then we'll have to find ways to make it easier for them, to break yeah. it down for them. Because uh, these users have not had their late adopters. They are very skeptical about how to own their own digital assets. There's multitudes of reasons that they would have an issue with. So our job is to make sure that our product team and, and our, our customer acquisition team worked very closely to make sure that they're able to understand and 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 create a much easier and easier platform for them to interoperate. Yeah. And how do you do that? And, and obviously that's a pretty broad question, but in terms of just like understanding consumer behaviors, understanding what they're actually coming to your platform for and building and course correcting towards that, what are some of the signals that you see to help you guide into building being that there's a lot of wallets out there, there's a lot of wallets that are non-custodial, but what about Cogni in particular kind of gets this influence or organic traction that other companies obviously have as well, but seems to be kind of a, a benefit or, or, or kind of a reality that you all see, which is that organic traffic is such a huge funnel for new acquisition. How are you able to actually attract those individuals and then build around them? Being that it's hard to, some people say like, oh, I have a great product. People are just going to use it. And then I just got to acquire more customers. But it's not like that. There's a learning curve. There's education. There's community. What are the strategies that you deploy? And what signals are you seeing to really build towards your customer that maybe other companies that you know don't do as well? No, I think every company has their own strategy in 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 implementing their their go to market, right? Obviously, there's a lot of wallets out there. Cogni is the only non-custodial wallet that is within a banking platform. Yeah, but yeah. obviously, your banking your US dollars are FDIC insured, but your digital assets are not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so all the Web3 wallets are all independent. They, they're on the App Store. They, you can just go sign up, you get a wallet. At Cogni, you have to do a KYC, you get a bank account and a non-custodial wallet. So we're really mm-hmm. trying to make it very easy for the crypto curious and the non-native crypto users to be as part of their normal user flow. Yeah. So that's what we've been super focused on. And customer acquisition in the Web2 world and the Web3 world it's different. On the Web2 world, yeah. you're just advertising on social media. On the Web3 world, it's all about community. Yeah. Now, we've been building infrastructure on top of the Cogni, within the wallet, the KYC, etc. Now, we are going to be really, now, from now on, we are really focused on building out a community as the decentralized applications that go onto the Cogni platform. Building that community will help create that flywheel, bridging the yeah. Web2 and Web3 gap. Because also the Web3 users need access to bank accounts. Yeah. Yeah. They still need to use an on-ramp and off-ramp, right? Right. Typically, what happened in the last one year is we've been on a, we've been, we've been, it's been like a casino business, right? You've been trading <laughs> all day long, yeah. right? Uh, there's a much better use cases for the crypto assets and NFTs yeah. that you own. Now you can, 
you can hold NFTs within a Cogni application. Now, how could you use those NFTs for within any at, at any retail locations, or you want to for any membership or etc. Or using any of the decentralized application? Now we are looking at building all those marketplaces that allows them to actually use the crypto. So this yeah. flywheel, not only on the Web two side that you could potentially use traditional social media channels, but on the Web three side, the DApps and others will allow us to create the community, which will have much more of a flywheel effect, connecting those two yeah. in a simpler fashion. But in saying that, it is a challenge by itself because you're dealing with two different uh, cohorts of people. Yeah. Uh, but you can get some of the users to interoperate in a lot more easier fashion, go back and forth, right? It yeah. It's super easy to create more adoption on the non-native crypto users coming into the Web3 world. Right, right. Well, it seems like your your values are super in line with the incentives of, of your users, right? They want to put their money in a, in a vehicle that not only they can know more about the spending and their income, but also what proportions of things that, you know, that, 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 they're, that they're working with. But also thinking about the proportion of the crypto assets that they hold and how that impacts their lives. It's interesting how you've kind of funneled these two parties and these two camps in a very unique way, which is pretty slick. And I'm curious about where you kind of bring these two parties together, being that both parties care to have their assets and something that they can use easily, but it works with modern technology and it's applicable with other technologies alike. Those are individuals that they kind of learn and educate into Web3 or Web3 individuals who want to use Web3, want a better wallet, want more accessibility. How do you navigate the challenges of educating both, being that they both they have similar incentives, but different vehicles to actually utilizing the money that they're that they're making, earning, or what have you? How do you kind of funnel that in? Where do you funnel it in? Is it on Discord? And how do you educate both parties and, and continue the same message consistently, being that it, it is challenging as there's updates and things like that? See, everybody has a view that cryptocurrency ownership can is a good way to diversify your assets. Sure. I would not say 100%, but it's a very significant number. Right. Right. And, and, and there's a very, so there's a general consensus on that. But cryptocurrency is fun to own. Uh, basically, crypto curious people. Yeah. Right. Hey, there could be some use cases here. Let's, let's figure out how to do it. And, and the native crypto users think that cryptocurrencies or digital assets are the future of their money. Right. So people have different opinions about how this market ecosystem goes, right? For a native crypto user, they're looking at much more of the usability mm-hmm. aspect of things. That can they use it? Can they? It's it's a lot more easier than MetaMask or something else, right? So some people still have MetaMask because they're used to MetaMask because it provides what they they require. But yeah. you know, from a company standpoint, how we're looking at it is that hey, you can have your crypto assets, but you can interoperate that with your banking. Yeah. Services. Yeah. So this provides a much more of a accessibility and usability component, yeah. which currently that's not there in the market. So that's our niche differentiator that we want to really push forward with. But for the non-native crypto users, well, I use basic banking services. I have everything that Cogni provides, but hey, but I want to see how I can try this decentralized application or this decentralized game or go into the metaverse but I can't do it from a Chase bank account yeah. or from Bank of America, but I find it too complicated to go download MetaMask or any of this wallet. And I don't even know how do I go from there where to buy a cryptocurrency yeah. and put them in and then save your passwords and then use a wallet connect and then do all that stuff. It's just so much steps. 
but with Kotni, yeah. these users not only bank with us, but you know you also have a non-custodial wallet attached to it, so you don't have to go through the whole thing. And you can you can save your keys on the cloud, and or you can write it down. And now you know you can you can interoperate your cash to crypto, and yeah. then or assets, and then from there it's just connecting into a wallet connect, and then you can try it out. Right. So it, yeah. makes, it reduces the amount of steps that you need to have than average Chase customer or Bank of America customer saying that, okay, now what do I need to do? I want to I wanna go to this metaverse that everyone keeps yeah. talking about, but I have no way, I have no understanding to go about how to do it. Right. Uh, MetaMask, what's MetaMask? How do I bring crypto over? There's so much unanswered questions and learning yeah. that is still that exists. We want to reduce that curve for mass adoption. Yeah, yeah. And if everything goes well, what's the long-term vision? I think we are in a very exciting space right now. The blockchain technology mass adoption is is slowly becoming a reality. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. But when it becomes truly decentralized, I think we're going to see a fundamental shift on the distribution of products, servers, and content, ownership of data, digital assets, different unique ways with which you could build applications on top. So, for example, when internet got really mainstream, you could throw a website on top of it, call it amazon.com and can turn into a trillion dollar company. Right. right. So within the blockchain space, it's totally rewriting the rules on yeah. computerism. Yeah. So which is really exciting. But to make that to happen, multiple components will have to work and and multiple functionalities and, and products will have to be bought in reality. That includes payment reconciliation. It includes some of the AML, anti-money laundering stuff, yeah. PC passport from Web2. The Web3, but this is a very exciting space. And from a Cogni, from Cogni perspective, we were like, hey, let's build a very solid, easy infrastructure with which people can jump. We don't have to build everything. It's an, it's an ecosystem and there's yeah. so many products built in the ecosystem. Let's see what, what, what products that we could build, what decentralized applications that we could bring on that allows users to yeah. learn and try out those new stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like this next section. I call my founder FAQ. So I'm going to hit you with some rapid fire questions and we'll see where we get. So I always like to break it in with an easier one. What's particularly hard about your job day to day? Good question. I just get up in the morning and then I go to work and I, I face yeah. the challenges as it come along. Yeah. Uh, and that makes it very exciting. Right. Right. I wouldn't say anything is hard. It's just you have to manage that. Yeah. With, yeah. With, with a smile on your face. <laughs> I guess more so, what's something that you you spend a lot of time on that you wish you could spend less and something you spend little time on that you wish you could allocate more to anything come to mind yeah so for me you have a lot of good leadership team that is within cogni right mm-hmm. so as a founder you're trying to hold everything together and you're trying to get it to the finish line i, I need to slowly bring it up the team and make it their responsibility yeah. to do that i want to give them the freedom to operate a little bit more than i'm currently doing this is a frank uh, conversation right so yeah and, and, and more that I need to spend on is, which is something that I've been doing anyway quite a lot, is block off more time yeah. to get a lot of my work done because you're working throughout the day and you have meetings right across the whole the whole yeah. day. You kind of block off some time to kind of like you know, recalibrate and, and yeah. plan for the next getting some of those yeah. things done. Yeah. It's trying to manage time. It's, it's always a difficult thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, founders talk about that about all the time. In- Thinking about one way that kind of the Web3 ecosystem changes the user experience is the idea about cooperating brands or businesses. And how do you see that 
changing already, being that people are able to now opt in their information, have this whole relationship with a brand. But this experience may tie into another community who's associated with another brand. A lot of Web3 companies and thinking about how these communities interoperate and how brands could think about ways that they can collaborate in, in a different mechanism to build more brand trust, more brand recognition, new experiences and things like that. How are you seeing a lot of companies starting to cooperate and advertise a shared experience within Web3? Or if, if that's something that we'll see in the future, what are your thoughts on how users will be able to use and opt in and also actually generate communities between different, say, maybe not associated brands, but maybe they collaborated and, and did some new experience and now you're within this conjoined community. Are you seeing more of that now or will we see more of that in the future? So I think the first thing is wallet consolidation need to happen, right? People mm. are not going to have yeah. 20 different wallets. Um, yeah. People like have one, two, three, probably four, five wallets at a max yeah. is, is, my, is my guess. And, and wallet consolidation is going to be the most important thing. So we are really focused on providing that wallet ecosystem that can interoperate within your banking application. That's yeah. number one. The second thing that we are really focused on is identity management, which is you can take your Web2 identity into the Web3 world. So once you take it to the Web3 world, you don't have to do multiple sign-ons yeah. every time you need to use an application. So you would be able to take the identity and and, and, and pass it on to applications that which you want to use without having to go through the whole system. Yeah. This allows for multiple decentralized applications of brands to interact with the consumer a lot more easily and also allows the user to share that information with the brands that they want to share. Yeah. So it gives them that flexibility and ownership of that. And so this is actually, this is this is the f- first floor. Right, right. The second floor is all about brands now building upon that and finding creative ways to yeah. interact with that data to provide better services. And obviously those digital assets have to go in a chain. Cogni's wallet is multi-chain. Yeah. So you would be able to you'd be able to put those digital assets into their wallet a lot more easier. Yeah. And use it. So that's that's how we are seeing it, right? And and it has not gone through massive brands getting on the chain, but there's definitely been a lot of interest as you can see. Yeah. But so many brands are now getting into Web three and, and NFTs and rewards going into the yeah. NFT space. So we see already see that happening. And for us, having that right infrastructure will accelerate that growth. Yeah. And what do you think about in terms of what your objectives are? Is it building partnerships? Is it gaining more customers? Is it becoming the the one-stop kind of wallet that people can use for both their personal and, and, and well, not personal banking, it's all personal banking, but for their traditional assets and their crypto assets. One thing I think about is when you're moving to building within this phase, there's all these traditional mechanisms, say my RCU, like my, my credit union bank account, can I add a wallet onto that? Can I partner with companies and, and build so that I don't have to have customer adoption and, and kind of create a new way people bank, but also partner or connect with ways that other companies are already banking? Do you think about that in terms of what do you think about right now? Partnerships? Are you thinking about customer acquisition at any cost? Differentiating yourself in the market? What's kind of at the top of your mind at this moment in time? So we are really working on partnerships at the moment because Web3 is yeah. all about ecosystem and partnerships. Um, sure. We are currently working with multiple decentralized applications that could yeah. exist within the Cogni ecosystem, providing users with a better access to to products in yeah. the decentralized world, So, which is what we're super focused on at the moment. We are bringing a couple of decentralized applications on board Cogni, which, which in the next two months, we'll be very excited to announce about that. So this gives a consumer 
not only to bank, but also use these decentralized applications without having to download, reduce the learning curve, and, and go over and, and find this out in a little bit more easier and, and more safer way. So that's yeah. how we are really thinking about executing uh, mm-hmm. our product roadmap. And then, yeah, that's how we see it. Yeah, yeah. I always like to like ask this next question because I love how founders extract knowledge out of anything that they ingest, whether it's early in your career or now. What books or people have influenced or impacted you the most? I mean, a lot of people have influenced me, technology entrepreneurs from the Valley. And sure. <laughs> the whole concept of decentralization is and an, an, an have the ability to keep the freedom of information transparent yeah. and access to data, control of your data and your digital assets and your money is super, super important. Those things inspire me a lot. It's making payments as transparent as possible and as easy as possible. Yeah. A lot of people are doing, especially people in the Web3 space, they believe in that ethos a lot, right? Um, and it all started with when Net, with Netscape with Mark Andreessen. Yeah, um, yeah. We had to build those protocols and the amount of challenges that he had to face was just phenomenal. And he overcame those odds and, and, and those pioneers are paying. I mean, you're seeing this history being rewritten again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and to use those learning lessons that they had and then implement them for furthering the decentralization as a concept and a thesis is, is very, very exciting. So people across the ecosystem inspire me who are building during the bear market inspire me yeah. because they're doing it against all odds that they see the vision for the future. And, yeah. and those, those inspire me to do better. And also right. the, my team. My team inspires me every single day because they all came from TradFi and they could have chosen to do anything that they wanted to do, but they chose to do this. And, and I'm excited to work with them every single day. That's amazing. And I know we're coming to the close of the episode, so I want to make sure we didn't leave anything on the table. Obviously, we'll talk about your plugs and where to find you. But before we go into that, is there any question I didn't ask you that I should have or anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to bring up? Anything left on the table here today? Uh, no, man. I, thank you so much for your time. I don't know, uh, kind of crypto native users, we'd love for you to try and give feedback on our platform and non-native crypto users. We would love to take your feedback on how to make things a lot more easier. And, and that's what we're here to do. So, Julian, thanks for having me on your podcast and talk about what we're doing. Amazing. It's been such a pleasure, Archie, not only talking about your early experience, but also what you're building at Cogni. Where is it currently at? But what are the future kind of possibilities of this application, applications alike, that will obviously impact users in a really positive way? Last little bit is where can we find you? Where can we support and be a fan of Archie? Give us your LinkedIn, your Twitters. Give us all your plugs. Where can we be a fan of you and what you're building? Sure. Uh, my LinkedIn is Achi Ravi Shankar, and my Twitter is. Forget what my Twitter is. It's Archie, A R C H R A V, just A R C H R A V, is my Twitter. Amazing, amazing, Archie. It's been such a pleasure talking about you, kind of the Web three ecosystem, what what you're giving in terms of accessibility and oper- interoperability with other applications and and lifestyle choices and things like that. It's been such a pleasure talking with you. I hope you enjoyed yourself and thank you again for being on the show today. Thank you, Julian. Of course. Thanks for your time.